Oh yeah, a little jab, turkey. Let it run, let it run, let it run. It's a slow burn, baby. Where's he going? What's he going back to find? Going back to find. You know this? No. Come on. No. Classic, man. But they're great. Man, like, let it burn. Uh, Okay, here we go. He's leaving. Yeah. Midnight train to Georgia. No. <laughs> Damn, that's good. It's a happy yeah, every song, time, man. man. It's Midnight Train to Georgia by uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips. How could I have missed that? Classic, man. You know what it is? Like, uh, throughout the week, I'll listen to Spotify and I'll listen to like Discover Weekly or I'll just listen to like just old songs that I remembered throughout yeah. the week discover 1920s yeah <laughs> in this case <laughs> not only is that old but it'll some songs just rub my soul the right way you know like yeah I, I, it's no surprise and we've talked about this before in this podcast that i'm on like a a self-care journey mm. 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 <laughs> like I, like taking care of my health eating healthier and now when i wake up it's like the first thing i do yeah is put on a song that just makes me feel happy. And this is one of them. Um, Earth Angel. I don't know. I think Earth Angel, yeah, yeah, that, that one before. was good. That was a good one. Um, Love Grows Where My Rosemary Goes. We didn't uh, hear that one. We didn't hear that one yeah, yet. Yet. Say. It's good, man. It'll make you happy. <laughs> no, this one was real nice. Yeah, it just it just make, it starts your day off nice, you know? Yeah. Do you have any morning rituals? Morning rituals, Ugh. Like if no, you wake man. up, if you wake up and you're kind of feeling a little spicy, you're just like, oh, man, another day. Mm. You're not motivated. Mm. Uh, there's two ways I wake up. The first way is that of like the unmotivated, ugh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Good songs, man. Is, I, is that what you do though? It's, it may not be your thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely put on songs like music. You know, I kind of like suss out the day, see how it is. Mm-hmm. Um. Put on some good music. Do you meditate? No. Do you know how to meditate? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Hold uh, on. Yeah. You know how to meditate and you don't meditate. Also, hold on. <laughs> Whoa, he <laughs> double holds it on me. <laughs> Meditation is huge, huge. You know, like, yeah, but if- I know it enough that I, I can say, like, I don't know all types of meditation, mm-hmm. but I know, like, the gist of one type of meditation. Which is? Which is the, just bring it back. You bring it back thoughts. The focus. I think that's the most common one. Yeah, the focus one. And there's just so many other types of meditation and all that. My best friend, like, man, this guy, he meditates. Oh, it's one of those, eh? He met, like, meditates. <laughs> he goes on those, like, uh, silent retreats. Seriously? Yeah. I don't know how people do that. I have a yeah. friend that did that uh, 10 days, mm. no talking. Are you kidding me? That's, yeah, and that's and just sitting there in, like, a desert meditating, that... That's like hell to me. Yeah. I would love to have as, um, as or enough power over my thoughts that I could do something like that. Because throughout this self-care journey that I'm on, I wish we had a sound clip that was like... Yeah, yeah, like self-care. A, we, need, we need some beat, like a new, new ones, beat right? pads. Yeah, we need definitely. Because like, what are we going to do with this one? Yeah, like, no. That one's time to go. Time to go. Hey. <laughs> that one's time. Like that. That's I can't time meditate to go. with that. Time to go. <laughs> we can keep that. That's good for it. Um, anyways, <laughs> I decided, okay, I've started taking care of my, my fitness, eating healthy. Let's try to take care of my brain now. The exterior I'm working on. Yeah. It's coming along. The interior, it's slower, but it's coming along. Hey man, that's huge. But meditation, man, there's an, there, guys, if you're listening right now and you watch Netflix, mm. I did a Instagram story on this. Oh know. yes. I want to talk about this, man. man okay. This I, is what I want to talk about. I am not sponsored. And you know what sucks is when you've been doing YouTube for so long, you get to the point where you actually have to say these disclaimers. You can't say how you can't have feelings without yeah. saying not sponsored. <laughs> I can't express what I like or love without having to tail it with, uh, you know, not sponsored. I'm so grateful, like in my life, that I don't have to say that. <laughs> like it just sucks. difference between me. <laughs> because people assume, man, they assume that you're getting paid for every little thing that you got an opinion on. Yeah, and so 
People need to realize, first off, it's illegal now to take a sponsorship and not put the hashtag ad. You yeah. have to. It's against the rules to not to say, hey, buy this drink without using hashtag ad. Yeah, yeah. Some people do it super small, and I believe that's also a little bit fuzzy on if that's even legit or allowed. Yikes. So if I'm promoting something or you see a creator promoting something and there is not an ad, then it's legit. Mm. If it still seems like an ad, they could just be breaking the rules. Fun fact. Damn. Yeah. It's um, crazy. You saying. There's also workarounds. Sorry. Uh, instead of ad, you could use partnership. Like, just look for the funny words. Um, yeah. So, Hold on. Wait, wait. So in the future, there could be like safe havens. Like, because this is like a country thing, right? Like Canada and America enforce this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where this rule is in effect. So, like, are there, like, countries where you don't have to say hashtag like sponsor? I fly to, like, Algeria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Just do the post. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Safe know. havens for <laughs> not sponsored, you know? <laughs> I don't know. No, because I hate putting the word hashtag ad. I hate it. Yeah. I often, in our phone meetings or even in legit meetings, I'll say, look, can I use partnership? Can I use uh, sponsored? Can my I friends. Use My friends. Yeah. <laughs> Something because... Already, I'll only take brand deals that are aligned with what I would believe in. Yeah. I'm not going to promote something that is a blatant lie or not legit. Mm. So, putting ad, it's just it's very, it's so It just puts the audience man. in the mind. It's cold. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Buy this. Hashtag ad. It's like, it's <laughs> just so cold. Yeah. Anyways, I was watching this show on Netflix uh, called The Mind Explained. 20-minute mm. episodes. They're individually packaged, so you don't have to watch them in order at all. They've got one on memory and basically it goes into how your brain functions with memories. And the cool thing is our memories aren't even like correct, like majority of the time. Yeah. I, I heard we suck at that. Like, yeah. If I were to tell you, Amar, can you remember, um, your favorite day of high school? And you'd yeah. be like, yeah, of course. Absolutely. I can tell you everything I did. It's like, <laughs> if you were to be a fly in the wall, a lot of that stuff has either been embellished, slightly fabricated. Wow. Or didn't even happen at all. Or over-exaggerated in my... In my, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. my With you, it's going to be over-exaggerated anyways. Sure. <laughs> it's just, I was so amazed by the brain, and there's one on anxiety. Yeah. And if you're someone out there that has experienced anxiety or you have not experienced anxiety, this episode basically tells you, okay, this is what the brain does during an anxiety wow. attack, during a panic attack, um, where it goes, what's being activated, Damn. you know? I got to watch this. But there's one on mindfulness, so meditation. And they uh, they <clears throat> they did studies on this professional meditator, which I didn't even know was a thing. Come on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. So this guy has the ability to literally control emotion whenever he wants. It's a it's a superpower at a certain point. I'm interested, go on. And he hmm. they studied his brain. And they said he was it's not like Wim Hof or anything. I don't know who that is. Okay, that's a that's a man right there. Oh, you do meditate? No, I just know Wim Hof. You're, you're busting out some meditation <laughs> celebrities here. Wim no, Hof. This, he's the he's like the ice man, the guy who like controls his breathing. Oh, yes, for the ice yes, and all yes. That. Very uh, close. I mean, I guess he would have similar abilities, like yeah. being able to control. Because they say if you meditate or if you're really into meditation, pain is a totally different experience hmm. for us. We stub our toe and we expect pain right then and there and then pain. But for them, pain is only a feeling. It's, I don't know, you have to watch it. I don't want to butcher it. By the uh, way, I know we did a whole blurb in the beginning. This is not sponsored. No. I, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. within that conversation, minutes. we like snuck in an ad or two. Yeah, yeah. Iceman, come to Netflix. <laughs> None of this is sponsored, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trust me, we need sponsors. <laughs> we'll take them. We uh, so they did studies in this guy's brain. He was like 44, mm -hmm. and they said your brain is the age of a 31-year-old. Damn. Because he's not, I, I guess he's not putting it under like pointless stress that a lot of us do on a daily basis, you know? Yeah, and you could just kind of, so I've heard of these, all this like, your brain is the age of this, or your body is the age of that. Mm -hmm. And like, you still have like time to like revert it back, right? I don't know, can you? It's, it's like, yeah, like right now, uh, my like scale says oh, you, you you're the king of scales eh? <laughs> you have the body of a th like a 34 35 year old and I was like damn like it, it's like that's like your age oh a legit scale your body age 
Like an actual scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You have a scale that tells you what it thinks your body's age Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> That's so depressing. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like, hey, you thought you had 80 years to live. You kind of only have like 72. Yeah, but here's the, <laughs> the thing, way you're The way you're fucking on pounds. <laughs> but <laughs> Most like, of us, though, we, we, I think a lot of people on a scientific or a health scale are technically out of shape. Yeah. So those scales, why would they, ever, why would you ever buy one? Man, people are buying things for the wrong reasons these days and for the right reasons too, man. People like that. I The other day, I saw an ad for an alarm clock that doesn't have a snooze button, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> At first, I was like, damn, yeah. that sucks. And then I was like, wait, dope. Do you hit the snooze button? I always do. I don't know how you have to do it. <laughs> On the, oh. No, there wouldn't be one. Do you yeah, hit it yeah. in the morning though? Yeah, so the other way I wake up in the morning is just like flustered, either like my my work calls at like 4.30 a.m. And I'm just like, it honestly feels like Do you have to gunshots run? all around me. And I just have to like, that's how I wake up. When you're, just, on, when you're on call. When I'm on call, when I hear the phone, when I like just wake up normally, I'm like, oh. God, God. Well, whenever a phone call comes in between the hours of 2 a.m. and 7 a.m., maybe yeah. even 6.30, it's a worrisome time to get a call. Yeah, man. I think we can all agree. Some of the worst phone calls in our lives have happened in that time frame because most people are sleeping. Yeah. And unless they're not, it's some sort of emergency. This person, something happens. And it's yeah. like, oh, the worst, man. I, I can remember them or at least think I remember them. Yeah. As clear as, as yesterday. And for me, I'm just like, damn, did I just miss work? It's yeah. so weird because it's like, man, work Yeah, but how is does like, that work? Do they call you and go, Amar, we're putting you on a flight in an hour to get to the airport? Yeah, like sometimes it like they as early as like two and a half hours of departure time. And you have to be there an hour before departure max so you really have like an hour an hour quarter to to get, get ready so they expect you there. to wake up still get like the sleep dust out of your eyes hop on a plane and deal with people's bullshit yeah unpaid <laughs> unpaid no like in the beginning like in the beginning like uh because i feel like most bullshit happens like when you're boarding yeah and that's when you're like unpaid uh right yeah. and you're like yo hold on that like, explains it two hours earlier <laughs> That explains it. Because every time I get on a plane, they're doing, I don't want to okay. say they're doing nothing, but they're on their phone. They're like, hi, yeah, seat me. Bonjour, bienvenue. <laughs> like, they don't even try to put on the I accent. Like, Bonjour, bienvenue. Yeah, yeah. It's always like. No, pay me and I'll put on the accent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what Once you start getting paid is when the flight attendant mode comes out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man. Like, uh, and it's so weird because, like, you know, a lot of people don't like their work or like, you know, have certain things against their work or whatever. Like I, I kind of like my job. It's just so funny that like, they're the only ones in my phone book, like my entire contacts. If I have like, do not disturb on or silent or anything off. They're the only contact that has emergency bypass. No matter what my phone's going to ring, no matter what you made it that way. Yeah. Huh. And they're the only ones. And I hate that they have that privilege, but I did no. it. Yeah, you did it. I know. I want to have that privilege, although I never call you. I know, but if you if you have that privilege, it's like even if it did not disturb us on, nah. they'll come right through. Really? Yeah. Well, there's a way around that too. You just call twice. Oh, really? Well, I think so. Like if someone has do not disturb on, yeah, and then you call twice right after, it'll I think it'll ring. Something like that. Or Me and my guy friends have a code where it's like one call is just I'm just trying to see what's up. Two is kind of like important. Three is like I don't care if you're having sex with your girlfriend, you're picking up. Because it is important. <laughs> Usually. So, <laughs> yeah. One minute, I got to get this. <laughs> and, and we've got the three calls like once in a while. Wow. Oh, and there have been some moments. <laughs> wow. That's a good You and your friends are so structured. We're systemized. 100%. Like, We're running a Walmart. <laughs> for anything negative to happen in your friendship, you guys have like a safety net to catch the, anything. Yeah. That's amazing. The only like negative things come out if like if you call someone by accident three times in a row. Just to see what's up. Yeah, you're like bro. you break the system. Yeah, like, Whoa, hold on. <laughs> um okay. What let's, are we talking let's about? Get today? Into today's topic, okay? <laughs> today's topic is uh it's another list that we're gonna go through. Mm. Um it is eight fears and insecurities that everybody has. This is what the so we're reading an article here, okay? It's on a website called A Plus. Uh, this is written by K.S. Anthony, but it was written in January of 2015, so it's a little uh, A plus is pretty good. You know this website? Aren't they the ones that do a lot of like Facebook videos, I see? Or is it A&J or something? 
this looks like that type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. It says it's fueled by chicken soup for the soul. Remember those books, man, back in yeah. the day? Um, okay, so. I read them. The re- you read them? Never. No, me neither. Uh, the re- <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we didn't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> the reason I picked this is because this article claims to provide eight fears and insecurities that everybody has, and I find that hard to believe. Yeah. You're telling me you made a list that, that speaks to me, speaks to you, and speaks to everybody listening right now? And for everyone listening, I haven't seen this list, so I'm ready I, to no, call out some BS. Yeah, I barely know this too. All right, you ready to get started? Yeah. All right, are you guys at home ready to get started? I can't hear you. No, <laughs> louder now. <laughs> uh, okay. Number one. It is the insecurity of I'm not good enough. Yeah, for sure. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for, <laughs> for sure, for sure. 100%, man. Uh, that sensation that we feel that we're not, we've talked about this in an episode before of not feeling good enough because we tend to compare ourselves or what we have to other people's spotlight stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like that saying, we compare our behind the scenes to other people's highlight reels. Oftentimes it comes in the form of Instagram. Yeah. Where we see them so happy on vacation, so happy in the relationship, when in reality, that's not the case. They could have mm-hmm. been fighting on that rela- that vacation. They could be cheating on each other, you know? There, I saw this really interesting post the other day. Um, it was a picture. It was of an apple and a mirror. And it was from, a, a, the shot was taken from behind the apple. And when you look at the mirror, the apple sees this whole nice juicy red apple. But behind it, which isn't seen in the mirror, is a big chunk of the apple that's missing. Damn. And you don't see it. And it kind of comes into this, you know, like, we're not seeing their missing chunks. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think this insecurity of I'm not good enough is so loud for so many people. And on the flip side, I, I think <clears throat> I think Oprah Winfrey was the one who said this. She was like, either Oprah or Ellen, they were like, every guest that I've had on, in the end of, in the, end of the interview... Would say, did I do what? Did I was I good? Did I do good? Mm-hmm. Like Beyonce, yeah. Rihanna, like all these top people would at the end of the interview go to them and be like, was that good? And that happens, man. That happens to us. Well, that happens all like like when I'm on stage, I I ask right after my production manager, like, hey, was that good? Hundred percent. Anything you do, hundred percent. I've done that as well. I think because it's very universal. When, when you're doing a job of performance or some sort of public speaking, yeah. you want to nail it. You want to resonate with the people and you want the idea of what you think you are to come across. And yeah. that's why that question of like, uh, hey, did I do good? Did, did I say? Of course, if you're the host of the show, you're going to say you did amazing. They're not yeah. going to like, oh, that was brutal. But, but you want to see how it delivered, right? Even in this article, it says we compare ourselves to an ideal that we've created of what we should look like, sound like, and act like mm. if we were perfect. Um, and so what happens is when we can't meet those expectations, we feel like we've let our fa- our friends down, our family or significant others down. You know, and that's, All right. this is a beast of a topic first off, you know? Yeah. And I want to really get into that, but uh, one thing I do got to give a shout out to us too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to shout out yourselves. Nice. I like this already. <laughs> you know, shout out to um, us. I love that we don't edit the podcast, man. I love it that, you know, I feel like a lot of, a lot of times we, you know, a lot of people want to edit their own podcast or take out the ums, take yeah. out the, yeah. the blah, blah, blah. But I feel like with us, it's like straight up, like it's raw. It's unedited. It just, well, it goes up. The early days we did. I yeah. remember I would, I would edit these podcasts and I remember it took me Two hours. And I remember telling you, I was like, Amar, man, I can't do this. Like, I'm already editing two videos a week. Yeah. And now I'm spending two hours editing audio just to take out ums, likes, crazy, boring topics. And once we changed our whole model of this podcast where we talk about this thing and call it the rabbit hole and go down these different things, it gets easier. Yeah. And I think that's that, that actually fits in nice here in a sense that we are now accepting our style. Yeah. We're not comparing ourselves to the top podcasts that might be super polished, that might not say um or like. Yeah. But we're thriving way more now than we did then because, because of this. Way more authenticity in what we're doing. Yeah. And I feel like then in this way we get to practice like not saying ums or like like I just said. Yeah. Um so it makes it makes it better. It does make it better. But it's you know, 
for this topic of not being enough, um, this is this is interesting because we're talking about a list of insecurities that everybody has, right? Yeah. This this is including every single person, and the idea that we feel any of these in a sense that we're the only ones with them is so Garbage. crazy. Yeah, like to say that oh, I don't feel like I'm enough, but we all feel that. Isn't that crazy? You sit in a room and we all don't feel enough. Maybe, Together. Yeah, maybe there's an issue that we are <laughs> enough. We just got to change our perspective and stop looking at Jack or Martha yeah. and say like, oh, I wish I was them. Like, stop wishing you were them because you don't know what shit they have. And one thing I've learned is we all have shit. <laughs> so we, much. We all have shit, man. It doesn't matter how perfect you think they are. There is shit going on. Yeah. Anyway, so you agree with that? Like, 100%. you agree with that one? So do yeah. I. All right, next one. Fear or insecurity number two? Can you guess it? No. Uh, no. Oh, uh, like a family passing away. Loved ones passing away. I mean, maybe it's on the list, but it's not this one. I... <laughs> Sorry, I set you, you up told for me fa- to guess. I, know, I set you <laughs> up for failure there. <laughs> it is, uh, I don't fit in. Yeah. Uh, so it says, basically, in high school and college, we have this feeling that we don't fit in anywhere. And that makes sense in high school to feel that sensation because people are one person one week and another person the next because we're all trying to figure out, am I this? Am I the funny guy? Am I the serious guy? Oh, I got compliments on my sweater. Maybe I'm the fashionable guy. You know, like it makes sense. It happens then. I I think at some point we all think this universally, but I don't know. I think uh, for the most part, we can all fit in. I don't know. What was the insecurity? Is that we think that we don't fit in at some we, point? We don't fit. So it says it's made worse when you see people who kind of effortlessly fit in. The people who seem to be popular everywhere they go. It just increases the feeling of awkwardness. We all know people in high school that, in quotations, had it all. Yeah. They like got the girls. They were cool. They, yeah. you know, they were slick. Um, now they got beer bellies. Yeah. Now they got beer <laughs> bellies and nothing. But... It's. Uh, I'm kidding. Shout out to the popular kids. <laughs> no, excuse, um, excuse <laughs> you guys. Um, let me read more into this. They. Um, yeah. So I, I think at some point in our lives, we all think we don't fit in. The point could be now. It could be last week. It could be high school. It could be you know a few years ago. Um, but I think that's just you being a normal human being and discovering who you are. And you know you might be with a funny group, but you want to. You also discover you have a serious side and you maybe you think you don't now fit in with the funny people anymore. You know, I just... Yeah, well... You can have a diverse amount of emotions. The whole idea of like fitting in... Is stupid. Is stupid because to fit into something means... If you're really trying to fit in, if it's really that difficult, it means you're you're changing something. Yeah. It's like a puzzle piece is trying to jam it into a wrong slot. It's like it's only going to fit when it's a right fit and yeah. it doesn't have to change anything about it. It'll fit perfectly. Yeah, it's most awkward once you can tell someone's changing themselves to oh fit in. Oh, my God, that is, man. Oh. <laughs> We all know them. Like, yeah, there's yeah, always yeah. been... It's actually the most awkward. Someone that's tried to squeeze in the group and be like, hey, guys, I'm Dan, and I'm random as hell. Yeah. Banana. It's like, oh, my God, who invited yeah. this guy? Oh, man. And, <laughs> yeah, you can see, see right through it. And and the issue with that is, you know, there's, a, there's quality over quantity. Mm. And in my opinion... Quality trumps quantity any day of the week. You want to have way better friends yeah. than a ton of friends that won't do anything for you. Yeah. I would rather have three friends that will help me in a time of need, that will be there for me, or we can just laugh and I could be myself than to have 20 friends that I got to be Danocracy for. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I went out to dinner the other day. I, t- I took my friend out to dinner for his birthday. And I don't do that for everyone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I do that for people I hold Select. close to me that yeah. I knew since I was a kid because they know me for me and my core. Mm. And they know me. They like me for me. They don't like me for free tickets or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And when you have the feeling of not having to fit in and not having that filter up where it's like, oh, I can't say that. What if I, I should, maybe I should say this. Maybe they'll like me mm. more. It's so freeing, you know? Yeah, man. It's a really hard thing to, to say and experience. Like, it's hard for me to sit here and say it's a very freeing feeling when you could be yourself. Yeah, it's like going on a date and when like, you have to like pretend. Like, you know, on a date, you kind of have to like restrict some things. And that's what, 
That's what makes you, dating shitty you, in the beginning. But when you find that? that free person, you ever done that? What restricted yourself on a date? Oh, for sure. Well, give me give me a date tomorrow right now. Like, what do you like? Um, oh no no now I'm like different. Yeah, like I've always been like, you know, I am who I am type of thing. But there are many times when I've like restricted myself of like, I don't know, you don't want to make like a certain joke or you don't want to say like a certain thing, um, and it just makes everything awkward. Like, I think awkwardness in dates is like when you're in your own head. Well, and you're just having a conversation of like, wait, should I say this? No, I don't know if I should say this. Like, I don't even know what she's saying right now, but you know, this <laughs> well, was like three topics ago and I should have said this now. It's too late. No, don't we say, could you agree. Know, say it. Like dates are awkward. Yeah. Dat- dating is awkward. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Of, like some people friggin' thrive in dating. They go on dates all the time. I'm like, how do you like, I think that might be a reason why you're not finding someone is if you're a serial dater, I don't think it's bettering your odds to find someone. I feel like if you're a serial dater, the issue is there's a desperation and a yeah. need to find someone. So y- y- your expectations are high and your desperation is high. So so it's a bad combination because you're going on all these dates yeah. and you're expecting all these people to be a certain way. And when they're not, you're just going to go on more and more dates. Yeah. You know, like I follow, there's so many people on Twitter, that like, like local people that are so annoying. Mm. because what they do is they go on dates and I can tell they're embellishing it and they he said this and I can't believe it girls and I'm like okay that, like go on the date and try doing it without posting it all yeah, over yeah, social yeah, media yeah. try not finding the nugget of, yeah, of content of hatred yeah of content you know like, like go on the date figure out what they're like and yeah. then move forward but don't I don't know for me uh, awkwardness wise I sweat a lot when you wait, wait when you're uncomfortable you sweat like I sweat a lot and when I'm uncomfortable or if I'm in my own head or I'm, I'm in my feelings, yeah. oh, the sweat, like the waterworks are just like, I don't know, like all the sweat glands in my armpit are like, you know what? <laughs> F it, man. We're just going to leave right now. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Full so, effect. so whenever I restrict myself, um, I feel like I sweat way more when I restrict myself and that just like completely, if you're having a good day with me, probably not sweating. Huh. You know, that's like me being most free. However, if you have a really good day and I'm like, damn, this might be the one sweating. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know 100% <laughs> what you mean. Yeah. When you, yeah. Now that we're going on a rabbit hole dating, whenever I've been on a date where I like really like the girl. Yeah. Man, I'm always so freaking nervous. Yeah. Like, and, and look, it, everybody has different. So when you say that is, are you basic? Cause you don't really know the girl before going on a date. Yeah, like what, what we also, do is yeah. we know of their exterior shell. Yeah, and oftentimes a lot of us base it off like, oh my god, this girl's amazing, she's perfect. Well, why? Because she looks perfect. Mm. You know, as I get older, and I think as people get older, you realize more and more how much appearance matters less and less. Yeah, except when you see people that are still jamming their face with Botox at like forty, then it matters for sure. Well, well, then it, it's clearly they're they're <laughs> hung up on the appearance yeah. side, and that's all they really have to offer. Yeah. I think, oh man, I've got so many thoughts on this. You know what? Can we save dating for a whole other podcast? Can, because like, it's huge, huge. It, 100%. I have so little, much to say too, man. Let me finish this one. Because <laughs> yeah. you're right. We, yeah. we could do. When when I see a girl or even a guy. Yeah. Um, so a guy that is Botox's face out, fake tan, you know, whatever. Or a girl with Botox her face out, like mm-hmm. big lips, eye, whatever. I see that as a major insecurity. As you're not, you feel that you don't have enough to offer on the inside, so you're boosting the outside, even though it it looks whack, man. Yeah. I, I've talked to many girls that would also say, like, some girls I would say, um, if the guy looks too perfect, or, you know, like, hey, this is why dad bod became a thing, is because some girls, very select few girls, started hating on the idea of, like, a perfect looking guy. Mm-hmm. Because either they're more likely to be douchebags, which is not true. Uh, either they're more likely to care about themselves more than more than others, um, or that they just want to look. You know, they don't want to have to like one up the guy in looks. Right, right. So it's like more stable. So it's all weirdnesses, but it's all a social ladder. Yeah. Oh man, I have so much to say. On this I know, stuff. man. Oh, shit. Okay, we'll do. You guys, we're gonna do a whole episode <laughs> on like dating because I've got so much. To whole talk episodes. About. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Are you ready? 
This is the first time we didn't go down the rabbit hole and we just were like, we, we caught ourselves. I mean, we kind of did, yeah. Because I'm like, what, man, this once is, we break through that rabbit hole of dating, it's a yeah. deep, dark hole. So, deep, coming dark, soon. Deep, dark butthole. Of dating. Of dating. <laughs> okay, here we go. Number three. I always attract the wrong people. Oh, F off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fuck right off. <laughs> what does that even mean, man? What do you mean? You're, okay, go ahead. What's this say? <laughs> it says, maybe you do. It could be that nature has endowed you with a mysterious gift that magically attracts negative people to drain your time and energy. Or maybe you just allow toxic people into your life because somehow you become used to be treated that way. Fact. That is effing fact. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me tell you something. Um, and this, I don't want this to sound insincere by any means, Yeah. but in the past, whenever I heard of a relationship being abusive in any nature, yeah. I always thought, why would you stay? Oh. It is so easy. Pack your bags and get out. Yeah. Leave him, leave her, whatever it is. If it's that toxic where it's abuse, leave. Yeah. But Sometimes the human brain gets used to being treated a certain way that it almost becomes like a nectar when they do give us a certain piece of it. Yeah. Of it. And then we want to stay because we feel like, ah, uh, now remember that time? Nah, that one time that they hugged me? Nah, they actually do care about me. Yeah. You know? It's a, that, that is a, that's a big one. Yeah. And the end of the day, we're all dogs. You said that before, <laughs> man. Like telling you, we're all dogs. You know, it's just like, it's just conditions. It's just like, you know, you tell a dog, like, here's, you know, sit and you'll get a treat. Over time, the dog will learn to sit to get a treat. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like with abusive relationships, uh, it's like, okay, I got to take the abuse and then I'll get the love. You know what I mean? Right. So right. Like, yes. Just, see, we're all dogs. I'm telling you, we're all dogs. That's actually not bad. <laughs> right? That's a good one. Uh, so. That's ex- like... If you're someone out there that feels like, oh, like I've seen, again, seen this on Twitter, on Facebook all the time, and I hate it. All guys are pigs. Girls suck. I can't stand it, man. Because all you're doing is you're yelling from the top of the mountaintops that you have something inside of you that is causing that. Yeah. Okay. It's you that are attracting the negative people. It's you that are drawing the wrong people. That's that's true. If that's how you feel, that's true. And it comes from within. How are you accepting love? Or what is your relationship with yourself? Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you don't respect yourself enough to have somebody respect you, that's step one as to why you're attracting these negative people. Because these there are so many shitty people out there. There are so So many. that was the angle I was going in on. Yeah. It's like, you, I don't think you attract the wrong people. It's just, there are some wrong people. No, no, no. No, no, no. I, th- I think you are attracting them. I think there are times when you are the one, you are at fault of attracting those people. I think you're always at fault. Oh. Mm. Uh, now, I don't say always. But I do want to say... Listen, there's a, there's a lot of shitty people out there yeah. that won't try, that will that will give you a facade that lasts a week and then just drop it all yeah. and treat you like garbage. But at that point, you're like, oh, but they're so cute. Oh, but they have so much muscle. And, and there's an insecurity in me that my friends have a relationship, so I need one too. Oh, yeah, that's on you. And these, these settlements come in. And you just make everything okay when it's garbage right from the get-go. So at that point, the relationship is within you. Do you love yourself enough to be loved by someone else? Mm. There, there is this cliche saying, which I'm starting to realize, you know, you can't love someone else until you love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself and you're trying to love someone else, you're going to start to accept short end of the stick. You're not, it's not going to be a 50-50 relationship. Yeah. Because you're not sticking up for your self-worth or your self-respect. Yeah, yeah. So this says, don't ask yourself uh, you're willing to tolerate. Ask yourself what you want. What do you really want? And what you're not, and why you're not getting it. Mm. Which is a big thing. If you're someone out there that's always complaining or bitching about the opposite sex, why? Is it because you don't have the confidence to go after the ones that will actually give you that? Yeah. What is it? Saying you want a guy who treats you well, then dating a guy who has no regard for you, that's a choice. That's not a stroke of bad luck. Exactly. That's on you. That's on you. 100%. Uh, Surrounding yourself with people who make you feel bad about yourself or who drain your energy is a choice, not a trick of fate. 
make better choices. So this is, it sounds like a tough love kind of rule. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I, I've got sympathy to a degree of, I've, I've felt a sense of feeling stuck with that's the best that you're going to get, but you need to make better choices. I've cut people out of my life before that have been so negative for sure. And then I start looking at the world negative and I'm like, what am I doing, man? When did I allow this happen? Yeah, cut those people off ASAP. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's why I was trying to say with the F write off is like, I don't think people attract it. I don't think they're, you know, yes, there are many people that are just negative and they attract negativity and that's on them for sure. But I just don't think you're going to be a good person going through the world and just bad vibes are just attracted to you. And you're like, yeah, let me accept them, you know? And like, I don't know, I just... I think it all depends on how you classify it. Some people are like, oh, I manifested this or I, I put it out there. Like, that's all, that's true. However yeah. you want to classify it, the vibes, the feelings, however you are is what you will attract. Yeah. So if you're negative, like, oh, this sucks. Oh, we got to do this again. Are you serious? You're going to get people that have that same narrative in their head yeah. of like, yeah, I agree, this sucks. And then any sort of goodness will not thrive there. But if you're like, Haha, what's up? My name's Dan and I'm zany and I like to do this. You know, <laughs> Then you'll attract people that are like, hey, Dan, I like your energy. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Next one. Oh, only number four. Jeez, we got to hurry this up. Uh, four. My work isn't good enough. Like, uh, funny, I just got a new job, but, uh, <laughs> wait, like my like work as in like my job isn't good enough a, or like my actual work ethic? Well, it says, do you yes ever both. feel, it's security seats for both. Do you ever feel like you're an imposter at the things you do and that eventually everyone will find out that you're a massive talentless fraud who has no business whatsoever doing whatever it is you're doing? Yes. Yes. And yes. Also, everyone in the room feels the same way. So now I look at it when I go into a new workplace, I'm like, yeah, I don't know shit. Neither do you, neither do you, <laughs> neither do you in my head, right? Like we all, it's kind of like that same first point of like, we all, you know, we're all in this together kind of thing. And we all have that feeling. I promise you, we all have that imposter syndrome. You could be the top, you know, you could be the top videographer and still think, man, I don't know. Like, why, why is it that I'm teaching people? Like, I don't know. I, I, th I follow Matty Hapoyan, like uh, YouTube. And this guy's really good at video. And he's like, even I feel like an imposter of teaching people how to take videos. Well, I think it comes into your confidence levels too. Yeah. If you, first off, if you're not a cocky asshole, then mm. I think you've probably felt this before. Uh, it's the two internal questions of, I'm not cut out to be a, or I'm not cut out to do this, or I'll never be as good as. Yeah. So you're comparing. So la first one is lack of confidence. Second is you're comparing. And... I've had the same thing. When I started doing art, I look around this room at art and I thought, man, anybody can, can write, you were so cool in a piece of wood. Anybody can yeah. write, I'm fine. Anybody can do this. But what I'm undermining is the thought process of actually creating these art pieces mm. that not anyone can do, that is unique to my brain. Yeah. And how it speaks to certain people's emotions, how it spoke to your emotions. 100%. Yeah. And I think what people have to do is find... Things that make you credible. Yeah. So I had a meeting the other day. Uh, people were interested in having me help them with their social branding. Okay. And one of the guys was kind of like, well, what makes you qualified? And that is mm. the biggest fearful question for people that feel this way. Yeah. But if you have the right answer, man, ooh, you, yeah, yeah. it's a spike. <laughs> when you have the right answer, you sit there, it's kind of like a slap in the face. Yeah, like bring it, bro. So they said it and I was kind of like, okay, I was prepared for this because I do feel this a lot of time. Yeah. I said... I have 90 million views on YouTube. Uh, I won an MMVA for being a fan favorite creator. Yeah. Um, I've hosted red carpets. I've hosted a TV show down in Texas. I've done radio. I've done every entertainment platform. Yeah. So I've got the experience. And I've built a brand of longevity that has lasted. Yeah. I've been doing YouTube for 10 years. And it's like, there, there's, it's not just a stroke of luck that I could last this long. Yeah. There's calculations. There's decisions to be made. There's, it's everything. So... When you have that as your your safety net to catch you when you feel this way or someone calls you out, because oftentimes it's we're fearful someone's going to say, hey, Amar, you're bullshit. You know nothing. Yeah. And we're just going to be like, ah, sh you're right, man. You, you caught me. You got but me. if you snap back with, I know nothing, 
Well, can you tell that to the award <laughs> I have at house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you tell that to the, uh, the views I have, you know? So once you have, you have to sit down and think what those are, though. Mm-hmm. What makes you special? What, yeah, what made you get the invite to talk on that panel? You know, like, what is it that there's something there? People see it. Sometimes we don't see ourselves. Yeah, no, but honestly, I, I honestly think everyone at their job, like I said last week or whatever, I was like, even a doctor on their first day feels like they don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> that was interesting when you said that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. It's crazy. Like, you know, honestly, everyone, like, it's so universal, like, from bottom to up, top to bottom, a lot of people don't know what the hell they're doing, or they feel like they don't know what the hell they're doing, even though they do. 100%. Yeah. yeah. But, but you have to decipher, is that a feeling of the unknown as to what's going to come tomorrow on the workload? Or is it, or is it you actually know now? Like, in, unless you're like, um, who's the guy from Catch Me If You Can? Frank, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank something. That guy. Unless you're him where you're actually faking. Like, he wasn't a pilot, but he put on an outfit. Like, that's legit an imposter. Yeah. That's what an imposter is. If you're even in the the world or the the vicinity of what you do career wise, you've got something there. Yeah, because I could sit here and say, "Oh, I've worked with this PR company or these people, and they don't know what they're doing." And they don't. That's not true. They know exactly what they're doing. Exactly. Just because it's not the same way that I do it doesn't mean they're uneducated. Yeah, yeah. So, look, do you have to be your own biggest fan, and that is a very hard thing to do. But I think step one is to literally sit down at your house tonight or at work at lunch and write down five things that make you better than the person to the right of you. And, yeah. and don't be like, oh, but I, I'm not better. I, everyone's equal. No, no, no. For that five minutes, you are better. Yeah. Okay, do a status thing, whatever you have to do. Oh, uh, well, I, I actually, I got the job faster than they did. I progressed faster. Um, I got a raise two weeks earlier than they did. And then once you have that in your back pocket, if Joe in the next cubicle over tries to call you out, just be like, shut the hell up, Joe. I got hired faster than you. I swear. I got to raise two weeks earlier than you time, too. Joe. And just bust out all five and they will sit their ass down. <laughs> Joe's like, yo, my bad. Oh, I, my just, yeah. I, just, I just wanted you to send the email. That's all, man. Yeah. Don't Jesus breathe, Joe. You're pissing me off. Yeah, don't, don't be explosive either, but just yeah. have, just be ready. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with being prepared. Oof. Next one. Number five. Hey, you are hey, right. Losing a loved one. I'm telling you guys. Number five. I'm afraid of losing the ones I care about. Mm-hmm. Universal. No one has ever lived a day longer because they worried. F- that is fact. No one has ever kept someone a second more than time allows because they worried. So, damn. Yeah, these are deep, man. This article, this is this is all from an article, by the way. Um, you cannot control the universe and you cannot flatter fate. Leave those things alone. No matter how hard you try, you cannot keep someone in your life by clinging on to them. Yeah. Damn. Um, so they, it then shows us a, a passage from Eat, Pray, Love. You want me to read it? Nah, it's... Yeah, skip it. It's basically, love them here, love them now, fight and make up, and search for joy now. That is all you have. Dope. Uh, 100%. Nah, I like this one. In, in often times of need, like I remember one of my, and I've referenced her before, I reference her all the time, actually, my Nana, when she was at her hospice, right? And hospices are places you go when you have like a few months to live, right? Yeah. Um, so when she was at her hospice, I remember one night I was sitting in the cafeteria and she wasn't doing so well. And I remember thinking I would trade anything right now, anything I have to give her another year. I would trade my favorite because at the time I was I was a teenager I didn't have much yeah I was like I would trade my bed I would I will go to church every single day if I can have her for another year and the fact is you can't like none of that will ever happen health is something you can't compete with by trading materialistic things or wishful thinking you know yeah you Uh, could take away their smoke so (laughs) <laughs> taking away yeah. their cigarettes but if you, i don't <laughs> think i don't think they're allowed to smoke at a hospice <laughs> damn um but anyways this is true that i think oftentimes when we try to love something harder yeah thinking that it'll stay longer uh by clinging on to it oftentimes it's this invisible pushing away that, uh, that we're causing mm-hmm. we're strengthening the magnet but unfortunately it's the wrong side of the magnet that is 
only repelling them. Um, and it's not to say do the opposite and you'll attract them. Like, yeah. don't care about them and they'll come back. I think it, it's exactly that. This is a very hard one to accept that you have them here now yeah. and act here now because they're not going to be here forever and you won't either. And sometimes those things that you think you're going to, that you're going to like trade off, uh, actually end up costing you just time away from them. You know, like, um, let's say, I'm not saying I believe no one should go to church, but you know, if you think it'll make them last, it'll make them last, I guess. I don't know. But if you were to say like, uh, you know, just going off your example of like, I'll go to church every day or every Sunday or whatever. Right. And if she could only see you on Sundays and you're like, no, I'm just going to go to church to like pray instead. Right. You're just giving up the time you have with her. Right. To, to feel obviously church is a bad example, but like, you know, you can think of like uh, people that would go to like work to like, well, it's, it's almost like an OCD thing. Yeah. Like a part of that episode, that show, the mind explained in the anxiety episode, they talk about OCD where people will have these rituals Mm -hmm. where they'll squeeze their fists three times. They'll snap their fingers every time they walk over a sidewalk crack, whatever it is. Um, in, in a ritual. And when a ritual is not done right, something will happen to their family, their mom, their loved ones. For me, I have this sometimes where I'll be walking my dog and if I see a car coming from behind, I'll have to get to the stop sign before the car gets to the stop sign. Damn. Or else something, or this won't happen, or I'll never have this, or I'll never, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? It's a bizarre thing, but I know I can relate to it to a degree. Yeah, and everyone has that bizarre thing. And... I. With this, um, I think this happens later in life, though. Like, for so long, you're raised in a way that if you want something bad enough, go fight for it. You'll get it. Yeah. But once you kind of hop on the, the ride of life and realize that you don't have as much control as you think, things will pop up that you can't control. That's a very hard thing to accept because, I yeah. mean, I'm 27 now, and I'm just accepting this now. 27 years of my life I've lived with I can change anything. Yeah. I can make anything work. If I love it hard enough, if I make it happy and long enough, I can make anything work. But it comes down to timing. If that person doesn't want it, if health reasons come into play, yeah. things that you can't control and you have to sit down and just say, okay, my hands are tied here. I, I literally cannot do anything else. Yeah. And you have to accept it. It's a very bitter pill to swallow, but once you do and you realize that, uh, things get a little easier yeah. and you don't have that fear of losing ones that you care about because instead of worrying about that, you're spending time making good memories with them. Yeah. That's the only thing you can control. Just spend that time with them when it matters here now, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Number seven. If people knew the real me, Oh my God, man, this one is, <laughs> I want to hear this. This is like <laughs> straight, front door for me it's a personal attack yeah yeah i'm feeling attacked right now if people knew the real me they wouldn't like me we want to be known like really known and understood by people we love and are loved by sometimes we're afraid to let other people know us Mm. let people get close enough to see the person we really want them to see um the reason is fear Mm. yeah I don't know about this one. It's going to be a no for me, dog. Damn, man. It's going to be a no for me. It's a hell yes for me. Yeah? I think I've had this fear for years, though. Like, the reason being is what we what we do for a job is different. Yeah. For me, I have... A, I, I'm gonna, I'll call it a facade, but it's still me, but cranked up. Yeah. And my fear... And this, is, I've, this has happened more times than I could even count. Where people expect... That. That's you've mentioned this, yeah. I've mentioned multiple times. It's yeah. the biggest, it's the biggest flaw with this job, or there's the biggest downside yeah. of this job is uh you'll meet people that well, you could see it in their face that expect you to be that. And when you're not, you let them down yeah. or they leave, or they don't want to be your friend anymore, or you can just see the, the lack of respect or the respect just drop way down. Then I hate it, and it's it's exactly that. So I've got a a complex or a fear of Okay, so that does happen for you. But do you have a fear that there are people that will not 
like like you for if they get to see the real like the full self no i think i'm a morally good guy and yeah. I, I say that without any reservation of feeling like a cocky asshole of course because i've i've worked hard at not hard at it like i i just feel authentically that's yeah. who i am it's easy in life to make bad choices and when you've decided not to you earn that sort of medallion to say that yeah and so for me it's not the fear that people won't like the real me because I think I'm more the real me on this than I am in my YouTube videos, mm -hmm. unless I'm talking about this stuff. It's the fear that I won't have something to offer them. Yeah. That why, like, why would someone want to be my friend? And I said this in a meeting the other day and the guy said, look, man, I don't really know your YouTube persona. Yeah. But the fact that you came out to meet with us and share us all this stuff, like, that shows a lot. And when he said that, I was like, damn, like, you undermine so many little things. Yeah. You know, we skim over so many great things about us because they're not they're not written. They're not massive talents, you know? So that's what I was trying to get to is like though I think I think it's the per it's it's someone's fault if they look at your YouTube and you're they're like, Okay, that's Dan. That's all Dan is, and now I understand Dan, right? That's like that's on them way more than it is on you because I feel like for you, you know, yes, you're, you, you have democracy, but then you also have this podcast self. You also have your art self. You also have your friends self. You also have the person you're going to be with your family and this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, does it change? Yeah, it is. And that's, and that's okay that it changes because you shouldn't give your family the full democracy or just be yeah. the arts person. You know, like we all have like so many like different little, uh, traits and areas of our personality that it all comes together as one but i think it's someone's fault if they look at you and say oh you're just this one slice like we've said before but um a hundred percent it's a tough thing to absorb that mentality and it's 100 percent right yeah. where it's on them if they fall for something and they can't they can't see unless you've had this facade on for years yeah it's on you but if it's a business thing where it is like, it's like if people can't see the difference between Danocracy me and mm -hmm. me, me, and, and I'm talking about people that actually know me in real life. Yeah. There's a problem there. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame people that only know me digitally because the person I am on YouTube is also the person I'm in my Instagram stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's who you show. It's who I show. So, you can't so blame them. I don't blame them, but, but with people like you, or people that see me on a regular basis. Yeah. If you still hold me to that standard, I'm like, that's not even fair. That'd be such a dick move. Yeah. <laughs> but Dan, what's wrong? You're not yelling right now. You're not showing me a cool magic trick right now. What's wrong? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Basically with this one, we have this internal thought of, if they knew about my past, if they knew about my fears, if they knew about my shame, they wouldn't love me anymore. Mm. But we all have a past. We all have things we might be ashamed of. Yeah. But that's what makes us human. That's what makes us who we are today. Yeah, for me, exposing my vulnerabilities to me, I believe, makes me more liked than if I hadn't exposed my vulnerabilities. Like if I wasn't so open mm -hmm. with like certain things, I think I would have connected less with people. Well, that's what makes you more lovable. Yeah. Is if you've got the confidence to sit here, you know, sit here on a podcast or on a date with someone and say, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm feeling this way. Yeah. That makes you so authentic to the point that that's a gift to the other person. Yeah, and so different. Like, it, you just, you you stand out from the crowd. Yes. Sometimes, and if they're the wrong person, they're the wrong person, uh, you might stand out and they might not like you for that, right? But I feel like, if you stay in the average, if you stay, and this goes for like brands as well, but if you stay in the average, most people will be okay with you, you know? Mm -hmm. But if you just do a little extra, if you just stand out for, because of your vulnerabilities, you stand out because of a certain stance you're taking on something, that standing out, yeah, you'll have now, instead of most people will be okay with you, they either hate you or really love you yeah like really be fans of you right yeah um and I think, I, again yeah. that goes for people that goes for well, brands, i think that's that where like for... greatness is created yeah is when you show your authentic self because it's exactly that formula 
they're either going to really love you or they're going to hate you. Yeah. When you're average, sure, a lot of people might like you, but you won't stand out. That's, man, you nailed it. Yeah. You nailed like it. Nike's, you know, whole stance on like social justice and everything. Um, yeah, they, they could have sat back and not got involved in like political stuff and you can choose to hate them. You can choose to love them. But there's that choice is now they have dedicated fans that, yeah. that will go out and support anything they do. So, yeah. Okay, last one. Number eight. I'm afraid of saying how I feel. Nah. Yeah. I could see I could see this sitting with a lot of people. Not me though. Yeah. I, I think I think maybe that's what this whole article is going to is like fears that we've had for sure. Mm-hmm. And then there's like certain things that you could do to overcome these fears. Um But yeah, I, I think we definitely don't struggle with saying how we feel, but we definitely know what that felt like. We definitely have been there. I, I've been there for sure of like being scared or fearing expressing myself. I've been there. I think not like not to any degree that matters anymore, but uh, like I can say exactly how I feel all the time, but I used to be like that. I think um it got to the breaking point where I'm like, okay, I got to tell people what's going on in my head. Mm-hmm. And when I did, I've never, like, I've shared this. I don't know if I've shared on this podcast before. But the first, well, I went and saw a therapist when I was down in Texas. I just moved to Texas. I didn't know anybody. Uh, I just ended a relationship of four years with, like, my first love ever. Um, so it was a very transitional time. It was very difficult for me to handle. And so I went and saw this therapist. And this guy walks in. And he's on this, like, he's on one of those canes that has four bases, mm. like, where they're more inclined to fall over. Mm. And I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. This guy's going to bust out some 1920s logic. It's not gonna Is this s- the therapist himself? Yeah. Okay. He, like, waddles it. I'm telling you, man, it took him, like, three years to get to the, sorry, three minutes. <laughs> Might as well have been three years to get to the couch. With a cigar in his other hand. <laughs> he sits down on the couch. He does the whole, like, <sighs> you know, like. Oh. And I'm like, okay, let's see what kind of wisdom this He's like, let's got. eat today's ass, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's so done with his job. And dumb. this guy was one of the best therapists I've ever chatted with, ever. So much so that that was actually one of the first times I, I opened up and talked about my feelings that I went into my car and my brain was like tingling. Holy. It was like fuzzy, man. And I, I remember I sat in the car. It was at like 10 in the morning and this empty parking lot i sat in the car just looking around as like what the hell just happened man it's a movie it was it was a movie moment and one that i will never forget and that is what opened the doors of making it okay to express myself damn so this guy like grunted because he knew what he was gonna unleash on you He's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, all right now we got another one <laughs> yeah. let's fuck someone's mind up man i was just it was so crazy to, to feel the effects of getting rid of the stuff that was just beating me up inside yeah. for so long. So that's, that's the first time you went to see a therapist? No, it was the second time, but it was a f- the first time was all very new. Yeah. This was the first time that I was kind of like, I don't know, maybe I needed it more or something. I don't know. I, it's like going to see like a chiropractor if you've never seen one. Well, I think that what, first appointment, like, you get all the cracks out, you know, and I, it feels so good. It, yeah, but it wasn't like the first one for me. It was just yeah. like... It was at a time where I had no one to talk to in Texas. Whereas back in Toronto, when I saw one, it's like, okay, I at least had people. Yep. In Texas, it was like a whole new life I was starting, you know? And I I used to, man, because breakups are so weird, I would always call this girl. Yeah. I would, she was like a, a best friend. And then when you cut that tie off, you go through this weird transition of like, well, now I have no one to talk to because they were my person. And so when you add that on to moving to a new, new place, yeah. I was like 21. Uh, it was just a very weird time that when he came in, I was like, damn, man, this guy came in at such a perfect time. Damn, so, shout outs. I would say this one doesn't affect me as much anymore at all. I'm afraid to say how I feel. No, I think it's made me who I am today. I mean, you look around this room at the arts, this is all how yeah. I've felt in the past six months. And by the way, if you do struggle with like saying how you feel, I would say it's a question of like, the amount of time you do it and the time is just, it's a bunch of factors that come together that in the end you feel confident about having those feelings mm-hmm. and expressing those feelings. And you feel confident that when you express those feelings, you feel better. 
people around you feel better and it's just good for everyone. Well, it but that takes time yeah, and that basically takes, it says don't let don't live with love that you haven't expressed because there will come a day when you cannot say it. And to to wrap all this up, we've just talked about eight insecurities and fears mm-hmm. that everybody has. So the fact that fear and insecurity and everybody can be in the same sentence is kind of an oxymoron because you're like insecurities are often things that make us feel alone. Yeah. Feel like we're the only ones. But then you have the word everybody. So everything we just said, you should minimize to a smallest point possible because we've all felt it. We all feel it. Yeah. And and you should know it, like it's like shining that light is a huge thing because I have no problem saying everyone doesn't have a problem of saying, "Oh, I'm afraid of heights." Like it can come out like this. It's so easy to say, "Oh, I'm afraid of heights." Right? Because you know it's not that weird of a fear, right? So knowing yeah. that these fears yeah. and insecurities exist universally, right, should hopefully make it easier for you to just kind of open up about like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm scared of saying how I feel. I think you need to walk around your world seeing through the facades people have. Not in a jaded way like, oh, you're fake. You're not real. Yeah. But like, hey, I deal with that too. And we're all going to be okay in the end. Yeah. And go to work and be like, you don't know shit to everyone. Yeah, Jim. <laughs> I got the raise two weeks before you did. <laughs> if you jump. <laughs> All right, guys. Hopefully this helped you in some way. Uh, yeah. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care of yourself. See you Friday. Bye, guys. Peace. Someday he'd be a star. A superstar, but he didn't get far. But he sure found out the hard way. The dream.